Welcome along to this week's episode of Behind the Boxes. What a massive week of Greyhound racing we've got coming your way. Of course, it's highlighted by the Group 1 Adapto Megastar on Thursday evening. We've also got the Newcastle Cup for the stayers over the 7.15 metres to be run at the Gardens. And joining me, as always, my mate, my partner in crime, Timmy the Battler Newbold. Hey, uh, Battler, looking forward to Thursday night. You and I will both be trackside Adapto. Yeah, g'day, Duke. Another exciting week of Greyhound racing. Never a dull moment, is it? Uh, always feature races and plenty happening. But, yeah, looking forward to getting trackside to Dapto on Thursday night. We've got a big live stream uh, coverage of the evening. We did one on uh, Big Peter's night at Woodworth Park, and it all went well. So looking forward to doing it again, and hopefully we can uh, find the punters a few winners or two. Got a bit of form to do over the next, what, 24 to 48 hours and uh, really delve right into it, and hopefully we can uh, find a winner or two along the way. Yep, and as I said, we're going to preview the Megastar. We'll preview the Newcastle Cup. We'll look back at the Richmond Straight Track Championship. Uh, you've got a very busy day. So due to the beautiful wonders of modern technology, I'm actually going to be speaking with Frankie Hurst by myself. Then I'm going to be speaking with Jack Smith about oh. Jungle Juice heading to the, uh, into the Phoenix by myself. So, mate, I don't know what you've got on in there. You've got the new backdrop. Where are you? Where, where are, you're at Wenty now, Battler. No, I'm in head office today, Duke. So, yeah, I'll only probably only invoice half, I think, for this week's show. What do you think? Or a quarter, uh, no, maybe. I haven't done a great you, deal. Knowing you, mate, it'll be full rack rate. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, hey, I listen. might do that, but I won't get paid. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what. Go, go into that meeting I know you've got to go to because right now I'm going to talk with Frankie Hurst, a man who, as we know, puts the polish on the likes of Good Odds Harada and... Sound of Silence, who is in the Group 1 Dapto Megastar on Thursday night. Yeah, well, we couldn't ask for a better box. I mean, the box definitely gives him some hope in the race, you know. If he'd drawn outside in that field, well, he'd have been towed odds, you know. But because he's got the one, it brings him into the race. What about his run last week, Frank? Inside, outside, balking off dog's heels. It just showed his true class. Yeah, well, he can do that as long as nothing sort of gets him because, I mean, he's a he's a very tractable dog now. He can go in, out, over the top sort of thing anywhere. But, you know, I mean, if something stops in front here or something runs off or you're trying to come from behind, you're not much hope. I've got to say, mate, I've marvelled at what you've done with him because it was only a couple of months ago he was winning over the 729 metres adapter. Um, tell us tell us what the, the key is to bringing him back to, to be able to sprint and run 29 sixes at Wenny. Look, he, he won about three 700s. He won a 700 at Wenny and he won five or six 600s. Then he sort of got up in grade a bit and there wasn't a race for him every week because he had to go in the top grade 600s and that. So there was none on. And we seen the that age race coming up in a month's time. So... I said, we'll just give him a few weeks off and fresh him up and bring him back for that. At least he's got to get a run in that. So that's what we've done, and it just went from there. Quite amazing. Back, I mean. Yeah, quite amazing how you've done it, mate, because there's, as you know better than me, mate, it's, it's sometimes hard to get a dog to come back and sprint after they've been over a middle distance and long distance trip. Yeah, well, I mean, we haven't done nothing special with him, mate. You know, there's no... Yeah, no except put your polish on him, mate. Yeah, your polish is what what's what's done it, buddy. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> I don't know about that. I haven't got any polish. Maybe Tracy has. <laughs> oh, well, she's not going to come and do the interview. I saw her before. She scarpered like Fernando Bale out of the box. That's right. That's hey, um, Zipping Kyrgios, obviously, Frankie's run last week, 29.40, showed he was back to what we know he can do. He's the obvious danger, but comes up with a tricky alley, mate. Look, at, at 29.4, he trolled 29.3 there before the race. So everyone knew what he was capable of running and that sort of thing. And, I mean, with a clear run, we can't beat him. You know, I, there's no way now my dog can run 29.3. He, you know, hopefully he might get down to 29.6 or something like that. But, you know, if it if it begins, gets a clear run, runs 29.3, well, it'll be taken home the money. <laughs> well, there's nothing that'll be that'll beat it. But as you and I both know, mate, that's the wonders of racing and what may or may not eventuate doesn't always happen. Oh, that's right, mate. You know, the best dog don't win every race. You know, that's just that's just a fact of life. Hey Frankie, I want to go back to the beginning. Tell me, tell me where you got started with dogs and 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 you know who was responsible for you, you know, ending up with a collar and lead in your hand. Oh, look. When we were kids in Granville, there was a great trainer called Seppi Gollan. Yeah, yeah. He used to have a trial track, didn't he? He was a great trainer. And we used to just hang about his place, walk his dogs, give him a hand every now and again. And that sort of got us started. And then when I was about 18, I bought my first dog. And it just gone on from there. I've had dogs on and off ever since, you know. But... We've been sort of full on uh, for the last 25 years. And what about Trace, mate? Did, was she involved in dogs before she met you? No, no. You've no. converted her, Frankie. It took me a long time. <laughs> a long time, mate. Well, she had two, two sons to raise them of ours, you know. Yeah. So early on, you didn't have much time for the dogs when you got a couple of kids and a house to run and that, but. Then as they got older, she sort of became more involved and now she probably knows more than what I do. Hey, um, I just want to go back to that thing. What what were you doing for a job at the time? You know, how were you combining training dogs and working and all that? Because it's something that a lot of people really struggle to do now. Oh, look, a, a, a fellow asked me at Maitland, has got a heap of good dogs. He's a businessman at Gunnedah and the other night, and uh, the other week, and he was talking about, he said, I'd like to be professional like you sort of thing, you know, and just do the dogs. I said, well, mate, you can't do it. I said, it's impossible to do it on your own. Yeah. I said, especially if you're doing something else, you've got a business to run or something. I said, unless you've, you've got a real good helper. I said, because you just can't do it on your own. Forget it. If you're working now, and training dogs, you can't keep up with the people that aren't the people that have got their own straight tracks, their own this and their own that, and, and they're full on, you know. It makes it hard, doesn't it, if you're working a full-time job, particularly if you've got a family as well, because you've got commitments with that. Like you said, Tracy looked after the boys, you were training dogs. You know, if you've got one dog, you could probably get away with it. But, you know, anymore, I, you know, I wouldn't like to be doing it. Not now. It might have been all right before, but now that, you know, the industry's gone fully professional. It's gone up a big notch in the last few years. So maybe 
dogs aren't as good as what they were years ago, but there's more of them. Yeah. Hey, listen, Frankie, obviously we know through your deeds of Good Odds Arata, I'll get to him in a minute, and Good Odds Cash and Sound of Silence at the moment. I want to go back. Um, I want to talk about Zulu Seuss. Yeah. Um, what, what a chaser he was, mate. We probably never really saw the best of him. Is that correct? Oh, he was a great dog, mate. You know, like he was running 29 threes at Wenny and 3008 at Richmond, 26 at Bulleye. You know, he was a very fast dog. Uh, so was his brother. The whole litter was good. He, But again, he, he was a dog that, um, you know, the national sprints and, and all that sort of stuff, that he was... He was competitive in any class and with a bit of luck, mate, he, he would have been that, you know, that very, very good group one dog. But, you know, just the way it worked out, it, it wasn't meant to be with him. No, you know, they they both sort of, him and his brother, like Zuli Zircon, there was a split match between them, mate, you know. He, he was a great dog, Zuli Zuz. I want to go back to 2019, Frank. Million dollar chase, the second running of it. Good odds, Arata. Um, talk us through the emotions of that night. I mean, you came up with a great statement after you won the race that you were a millionaire before the race. Maybe not in money, but in terms of quality of life. And 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 I still see that photo with the arms outstretched, like you know, you're the king of the world, mate. It's just one of the most endearing memories I've got. Not only just of you, but also of greyhound racing. Oh, look, that was super, super thing, you know. Who'd have ever believed? Now, it, like, if, if you'd have said 20 or 30 years ago, we'll be raced for a million dollars, that'd have locked you up, mate. To get a race like that, and now it's on every year. This year we're having two of them, apparently, to make up for the one we missed. But, you know, unheard of. The, uh, like, for me... As I said, I, you know, I considered myself a millionaire before that because I got a good family. Or, you know, I virtually didn't. It didn't change me at all. You know, it makes you more comfortable and all that, but it don't change you. If I'd have won it when I was forty, a million dollars, well then I'd have been partying for three weeks, mate. You know, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, you know, <laughs> what did you do? Party for three hours, Frankie. <laughs> Be lucky to get there. But. <laughs> hey, but how special a dog, obviously. I mean, taking away the million-dollar chase, and, and I said a few weeks ago on this show, it's, the battles he's having now with Sunburst Highway in the Masters grade, it just goes to show, you know, how stoic these dogs are, how tough they are, how much they love racing. I mean, how special is Harada to you and, and Trace and the family? Oh, the dog loves it, mate. You know, he just likes to get out in that. You know, I know he's... A like, he knows he's a superstar, I'm telling you. Don't yeah. worry about that. Not stupid, you know. And when he goes there, he knows people looking at him. People want to pat him. People want to talk to him. People want to tell him how, how good-looking he is and all that sort of thing, you know. Like, you'd love to be him, you know, to get the admiration that he gets. But, you know, champions like him don't come along too often, you know. Yeah. You're, you're always going to get fast dogs. I've had plenty of fast dogs, plenty. But they don't go on, mate. For one reason or another, they either break down or they just give up yeah. sort of thing. Like, he's four and a half years of age. He's still running 29.8s at 20 in that. 
Yeah. You know, like he don't want to stop. You know, I think about it all the time. You know, oh, I said we won't put him in. You know, we won't race him again and that. And, you know, but at the end of the day, the dog that's beaten him sometimes has won thirty four at twenty. Yeah. You know, he's not a he's not a bum. And still running 29 eights, mate, as you say. Yeah. Good luck, Frankie boy. Thank you, mate. Thanks a lot for the interview, mate. It's always my pleasure talking to you. You know I love you. I'll see you on Thursday night. Take care. Sound of Silence comes up with Box One in the Dapto Megastar on Thursday night. Hey, Battler, four heats. You were there last week. What about Zipping Kyrgios? A lot of people have written him off. I've got to say, I wasn't one of them because there's that old saying, form is temporary, class is permanent. Box two, bang, straight to the front, runs the arms off the leg, a length outside the uh, track record. Good night, Nurse, when he began like he did and he went straight to the front, uh, Duke. He had trialled prior to the running of the race, uh, I think a week earlier, and he'd run around 29 uh, 30 odd in that trial so Minnie and John they were confident they had him back I think we're all a little bit disappointed in his couple of runs prior even Minnie mentioned on the night when I was chatting to her she just said yeah it was the, the most disappointing run of his career the previous run at Woodworth Park but he pulled up fine they couldn't find an issue with him it was a, an off day for Zipping Curious on that particular uh, night at Woodworth Park and oh he bounced back big time didn't he uh, when he went to the top I thought oh geez this record's going to you know, uh, been a little bit of danger here, but he was just outside, uh, outstanding when, and he was clearly the best of all the heat winners as far as times were concerned. But Sound of Silence, his win to take out, uh, his heat was outstanding after tra- finding a little bit of trouble in the uh, early and mid stages. A little bit of trouble, I think, is an understatement. He was, <laughs> he was, you know, I just said to Frankie, if you had been on the interview, you would have heard me, you know. Uh, <laughs> Inside, outside, <laughs> running up bums of dogs, not not his fault. Mm. Um, just a terrific effort. Comes up with uh, box one in the final. Uh, both him and Tuck, Takakartik ran the same times. Uh, let's just talk about Light and Lily Battle. Won a seventh race at the track and ran a new PB. We know she's a group one age-restricted winner, taking out the Peter Mossman Opal. Not badly drawn on Thursday night. Yeah, she'd know every little bit of sand around that Dapto track, no doubt uh, educated around Dapto, and she just keeps on aiming up. Uh, She's looking to take out her second group one victory in a couple of months, and I guess, you know, early days, you probably wouldn't have thought she would have got to that level, but she just keeps improving, improving. Young Geordie Twenley's done a tremendous job with her, Um, and look, she's not too badly drawn wider out, but I... Cowgirl ethics could be a little bit of a hang-up in the early stages. Uh, she'll run sort of a straight line, but does want to come across, ease over toward the first turn. So Light and Lily's got to contend with uh, Cowgirl ethics uh, in the early stages. But Duke, when you go back and do the replays and, and you have a look how the all of these greyhounds come out of the boxes and run uh, the direction to the first turn, it's a very, what I would say, a straight race. There's no hard railers. They're running straight lines. Takakartik wants to get up the track a little. So he'll stay, I'd say, straight from his alley. Um, Light and Lily, she's not a, she doesn't really want to go hard left. Cowgirl Ethics will come across. Um, And the Greyhound in box number five, special blend, he'll run a straight line uh, in the dry to the first turn as well. I think these inside boxes 
are going to be right in the mix just due to where the greyhounds in four out to eight are drawn. As I said, they won't be coming across hard to the rails. I think that inside trio, uh, they're going to be right in the mix through the first turn. Zipping Kiros, I generally like him drawn in the middle of the line, uh, but I think it's a bit of a tricky draw in the six. As I said, for those reasons I just alluded to, uh, he might just get caught a little wide in the draw of the first turn because he doesn't normally come out like he did last Thursday night. Uh, we know he can be a bit touchy early. So I think he's got to get his box manners right on song to take it out on Thursday night. Yeah, won the Group 2 Blacktop at the Gardens earlier this year. He's won 22 of 44, battler, 50% winning strike rate. Mm. And he's got a great record across all boxes, but from box six, four starts, three wins. Uh, box seven, five starts, three wins. And you're right, he is rocks or diamonds at the jumps sometimes, but we've seen him come out and run, you know, a really fast first split at Wenty from box eight as well. So, hmm. um, you know, he's, he's probably not going to get affected by Light and Lily that much. I, I want to know where you think Sound of Silence is going to be as they go through the catching pen. I think he could be punching up third or fourth, Duke. Uh, I think Marvin's girl is the leader for mine. Um, she's a clear leader. It will depend whether Ritz and Donna can get across in front of Sound of Silence at the first turn. If she does do that, she's going to be a big, big chance in the race, Ritz and Donna, but she's got to beat Sound of Silence to the punch and get right behind Marvin's girl because I think Marvin's girl is a certain leader in the race and I'm not sure whether the outside division can get across and that does include Zipping Kira. So I've got him mapping oh, third, fourth on the inside and if he's into the clear down the back straight, he's got fresh air the leaders better look out because we know what he can run home in uh, last week. It was 12.30-odd, th uh, and they don't come home much quicker than what he did uh, uh, last week. Richard Donna, she was a bit unlucky because she had a bumping duel with the leader on the home corner in that Sound of Silence race, and she lost a bit of momentum. So that, uh, And then he gobbled her up in the latter stages. So I think she, she's a big, big chance from that uh, to Ali Duke. Yeah, well, Frank, uh, Frank just said that he thinks uh, Sound of Silence can get down to around that 29.6 mark. But as you know, we just heard, he, he also said if Zipping Kyrgios gets clear air, it's, it's game over. Um, I know it's easy to tip favourites, Battler. I know it's it's easy to try and find something to beat them as well. But off a of, off of 29.40, run the arms off the clock. I mean, do you want to tip against Zipping Kyrgios this week? I've got to, Duke. I think in the early markets, he's $1.85. And I think in this particular race, how he's drawn he's under the odds. So I've got to steer away from him. I'm his biggest fan. I'm his biggest fan. I've been with him all the way through from day dot. I just think he's under the odds at the current price. I think if you're a punter and you want to be on Zipping Kyrgios, hold off. I'm sure he'll get out the black odds come for, uh, Thursday night in the final. Uh, I think Marvin's girl's got a terrific chance here, Duke, at a big price. She's double figures. I think she's a certain leader. She, she led clearly at the first turn and she was only collared by Light and Lily in the heat last Thursday night. She ran 5.42 early fraction. Now, she can get down to low 5.30s. She didn't begin all that. Well, she kind of came out on the wrong leg and then she let go and rushed to the top. It was only a small field. So she's suited by a, a full field. Uh, I think she can get down to the 29. 60. She's run 29.79 around that though. I think she's going better now than what she was when she ran that time. 
I really think she can lead. If she gets, as I said, if she begins, I think she'll run low 530s. That will have a lead in the race. Now, where does Santa Silence get to? Where does Richard Donna get to? And where's Sipping Kiros at that point? But at the price, I think she's got an undeniable chance. Marvin's girl. I've got her on top. Sound of silence. Obviously, he's perfectly drawn. And if he can just punch up and if he can hold, you know, second or third and only three or four off her, look, uh, he's the one to hold out. Fritz Adonis, she's got a great chance in zipping Kiros as well. But look, I, I, at the value, I've just got to be in Marvin's girl's uh, corner at the moment. As I said, $12, $13 around the traps recording this on, on Tuesday. Yeah, look, and you may be zipping Kiros' number one fan. I'm probably number two. He's done me a number of favours. I remember one night at Wenny in the last race, he had box five and, and he was five or six dollars and that. And I, I agree. I, I think the odds are poison at the moment. But mm. I also, I, I, there's not a dog in the race that can run the time he runs. Mm. And, and again, as I said, he, he bounced back last week. Greyhounds get confidence when they do that. They know how good they are. They know how special they are. And when they turn in a performance like that, invariably, bingo. Light bulb goes on again mm. and they switch back on. So I can't tip against him. Uh, as I said, we'll be there on Thursday night, Battle. You can watch it all live stream on thedogs.com.au. Head across to Friday at the Gardens. We've got the Newcastle Cup for the stays over 715 metres. Uh, $25,000 goes to the winner of this event. Two heats last week. Unfortunately, Zipping Nazeko was a mile in front, was going to run time, was going to win and broke a hock. Um, tragedy there. Cool Burbsky didn't just break the track record battler, mm. obliterated it. Did you see that coming? Because i got to admit, and, and again, <laughs> she's, she's been a very good dog to myself and Macca when she won a Grafton in the Grafton Stayers Cup at around the $10, $11. But I never expected her to, to run that sort of time at the Gardens over 7.15. No, I think if you saw that coming, you're too good and you probably, uh, you, could, you could probably re retire uh, if, uh, if you did find cool Burbsky and particularly that, that the think it could run 41, 40 odd, um, quite remarkable. Uh, look, it's a whole different race um, in the final, uh, has drawn Wide out in box number eight. Did come from the four in the in the heat, but look, uh, in the care of Jason McKay, uh, we know what he's capable of doing uh, with a greyhound. Just sometimes, uh, an old putter has always said to me, be wary of greyhounds the very next start after the break of track record. So I've got, that's in the back of my mind. Uh, line of quality, you know what he's capable of on his night. But, you know, he'll be out of, out the back early, uh, relying on inside runs. Uh, Zipping Ontario, I think, has got a tremendous chance. I think you can just put a line through his run in the heat where he finished. Oh, he was beaten 14 or 15 behind Kulberbski. Of course, it's a, it's a big margin to make up. But, look, he found trouble in the early stages. He's drawn box number one where he does want to be. Uh, he ran 42-16 uh, at Wedding Park from box number one four or five runs ago. So I think from box, from that inside box, he's going to be right in the mix. But look, at the moment, you know, Kul Burbsky's the one they've got to beat after posting that scintillating time in, in the heat. And what about Ice Cream Story? Um, you know, probably a lucky winner last week in the sense that Zipping Naseko did break down. But again, there's no disputing her, her class and her quality. And she is a dog that we know can come out running on occasions and can set up, mm. a, a, you know, a hot pace up front. 
Absolutely. Oh, yeah, she was lucky to win last week, but we know what she's capable of. She's unbeaten in two runs at the track and trip now. She's better for those couple of runs. She'll be third at the, up at the track. She can handle wide draws because she's got those good fox manners and the early and mid-race speed to get across and put herself right in the mix. She's got an undeniable chance. She's just a class act, a 15-time winner, uh, Duke. But, um, yeah, th there'll be pace coming across from the wide alleys here in Ice Cream Story and Cool Burbsky. So it'll be just interesting how... Uh, the inside division, if they can punch up and hold that pair from getting across. Uh, and if they do, if, if I, I, I'm leaning towards it being Ontario at the moment, if he can just hold his position in the early stages, uh, he really lets go mid-race and he'll take a stack of benefit out of the run at the track last week, as I said, put a line through the run really because he was put out of play in the early stages. Uh, and um, as far as any of the other, you know, double bluff on her night, Duke, she could certainly take out the race. She's very, very capable when she's on song and she's probably going to go around at double figures in a race of this nature. All right, so that is uh, Friday afternoon at the Gardens, 5.27 p.m. It's race nine on the card, the $25,000 to the winner, Newcastle Cup. Uh, the Richmond Straight Track Championship, uh, the final was held last Saturday. Uh, Mick and Michelle Lill haven't had a lot of luck with more sauce and casual glance. They're both on the... Uh, on the injury side at the moment, they've both been injured, but they've got a, a pretty handy replacement here in Olsen Street who uh, who won and ran a length and a half outside the track record. Yeah, he's really found his mojo in recent weeks, hasn't he, up the straight there at Richmond? Uh, 1742, he just got fresh air and then he let go and then he was just coming away at the end. He's he's always been a pup with a stack of ability, Jerky. He, he won six of his first eight starts uh, and then he sort of, had a few little issues uh, mid-year and now he's come back in the latter part of the year and he's come back for the Lils firing on all cylinders. Uh, he was brilliant winning his heat as well and then he really backed it up in the final when he just got that fresh air. Um, he's he's well-bred, Fabregas, had a karma Connie. I loved her. She was a ripping bit. She was she could sprint, but she could race over the middle journey as well. Um, so he, he's beautifully bred. And as I said, he's now well, what, nine out of 16 overall. He can run quick times up the straight. He's, he's run quick times at Gunnedah, Maitland uh, and, uh, and uh, uh, the gardens as well. So he can do it on all the different tracks. So I think they're going to have a heck of a lot of fun with Olsen Street and particularly, you know, in, oh, he'll be very competitive in the final. Don't worry about that, Jeff. And that final will be held at Kapalabar Battler. So, as I said last week, great to see straight track racing back. And we had a lot of feedback after showing Star Title winning that uh, Wyong Straight Track Championship. Uh, the human headline, Greg Wynn, was in the, in the uh, vision. <laughs> uh, Sterlow was there. Uh, Davey yeah. Irwin, of course, put the uh, put the polish on, on Star yeah. Title. Oh, memories. Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon at Wyom. Those were the yeah. days. And that again, it's back. And we've now got four straight tracks around Australia, which is absolutely sensational. Now, again, Battler, I know you've got a meeting to get to. The wonders of modern technology again. I'm going to click my fingers. And right after this, I'm going to talk to Jack Smith. I'm delighted to say that Jack Smith joins us now. And, of course, Jungle Juice won the GRNSW slot by the Daily Telegraph voting. Hey, Jack, tell us how you felt when you found out the news. Oh, yeah, it was overwhelming. Like, it was just a big thrill. Being the people's choice and, you know, the Daily Telegraph and you know, New South Wales all getting behind us. So to think that uh, the people voted in was very humbling. It's the second people's dog because, of course, Feral Frankie was tagged, you know, the uh, the people's dog and that. It, 
it obviously um, bears great relevance to to the following that you've got as a trainer and also your dogs as well, mate. Yeah, thanks, Duke. Um, yeah, I don't know. We, yeah, we seem to have a fair following with the these days with the social media. They can get on and see what you're doing, and we've always been out there a little bit. And of course, you're right across social media and technology, aren't you, mate? Oh yeah, real real good. <laughs> yeah, as you know, this is taking a bit of a setting up. Hey, listen, you came up with a unique concept of offering to shout the bar at the Forbes Inn if Jungle Juice got the slot on the uh, on the boating with the Daily Telegraph. Who came up with that idea, mate? Not me, because I don't <laughs> like giving away money. But, uh, <laughs> no, I think it was Melissa, the, my daughter. She said, Dad, we've got to get out there and do some stuff. And, and, and the inn here has been good to us because... You know, when we promoted the million dollar race with Farrell on that, they let us in with the dog. He's been in a couple of times for different things with Stanley and and all that. So uh, I said, oh, all right. We're so you're there. shouting the bar, mate? Yeah, when the race is on, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. so is it true that there could be a phone call to say that there may be a bomb scare at uh, at the Forbes Inn just beforehand, knowing how tight you are with a dollar? That was our secret, dude. That was our <laughs> secret. I don't know what, yeah, we'll work something out. So you're hoping for about six people in there, all drinking, uh, all drinking lemonade, mate? Mate, if I go all right, I don't care what they drink. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, Jack, as is the case with regional towns and that, the, the locals really love to get behind a good course and support one of their own. And they did that by voting in spades. But you also had the support of the local newspapers as well. Yeah, they all got, they all got behind us. Like, we... Um, when it first come out, like I, as you know, I'm no good at all this social stuff. So Mr. said, Dad, you've got to do a bit, you know, you've got to get out there and have a crack. So um, she was in charge of all that. And, yeah, we got out there as much as we could to, to get in because, you know, it's not very often you get a, a crack at $750,000, just a one-off race. So we thought we better have a bit of a go. So we did. And they, they certainly got behind it. Let's talk about Jungle Juice now, Jack. Um, you've got one and a half weeks now. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. Uh, you've got one and a half weeks before the race. His last run was in a 600-metre event at Dubbo. What have you done with him since then? And, and what are the plans between now and when the Phoenix has run on Saturday week? It hasn't been too much different. I took him to Dubbo on, on Saturday and gave him a 400. Well, I wouldn't have done that. And he just absolutely threw, threw, <laughs> and uh, run 22.49. And um, they don't go much quicker than that. I was talking to Shane after, and he said, you know, that's getting down to shaky jakey's time. Right? So, and then we're he heading off to um, the Meadows for a box-to-box -box on Thursday morning. And then we'll sort of, yeah, have a quiet week just free galloping at home. And we know he handles the meadows as well, Jack. Um, we know he handles a lot of tracks. I mean, he's, a, he's always been a, a greyhound with enormous ability and really high speed. Um, the box draw will be conducted this Sunday and it's a, a different type of box draw. You actually get to pick the box. Yeah, let's hope. I'm not last out, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it is different. You've got to think about it. It's been the whole way along, hasn't it, like, even being in the race through, you're knowing three weeks ahead that, you know, 
just different. You've got to start thinking about what you're going to do, and this will be the same. Yeah, you've got to think about what box you want. So uh, it, it won't be too hard for me. I just get closer to the fences <laughs> I can. So, and it is a little bit different because you know three week preparation leading into a race, but with no no heats, no final, just a straight yeah. out selection, mate. How how have you? You obviously haven't changed your your program with him a lot. Oh well. I was ready to do some middle distance racing. So, yeah, I have. I've had to say, well, okay, we've got to freshen up. So, hence just the 400, which he absolutely went beautiful. So, and now just a box to box. Well, I usually wouldn't go eight or nine days, very rarely, from not being behind the hair, but I will next week. So, he, but he'll do plenty of work at home. I don't want to go down there underdone. Yeah. They're just murderous. So, you know, I think it's very important that we draw near the fence. And uh, it's going to be a big, big night on Saturday week for you. Marie's going down. She's got her own table. Uh, the owners as well, who, who have been with you for a while as well, Jack. Yeah, they're all coming. Yeah, there'll be a bit of a cheer squad there. So my mob will be there. So they'll have a good time. Win, lose or draw. So that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's what we'll be doing. And what about what about post the Phoenix, mate? You just mentioned you you're going to step him up to that 600. We we saw what you did with Miss Esme, uh, 500, 600, <laughs> 700 into that Group Two Sydney Cup. Uh, do you think Juice can get a longer distance? Can he get that 700? Do you think, mate, or is he a bit too brilliant? Yeah, when you if you've seen him go Saturday night, you probably think I'm mad, but um, I don't know. You know, he's he's more relaxed now and everything he does. He's a little bit lazier at home and work. Which happens when you you know you get around the forty or fifty stuff, whatever he's had. And, or 30, I think he's only thirty something actually, but he, you know he's just more relaxed and he's showing that when he races. So you know, there's these days there's a lot of money in the six hundred. Dabo's got one hundred and twenty five thousand to the winner coming up early next year. It's good six hundred meter racing at Brisbane. So you know if you can find some six hundred meter races, you know there's a few bob there if he wants to, and if he we think you can go further, of course, we'll have a look. Yeah, and that big race at Dubbo, uh, the world's richest middle distance race, 125 to the winner. Uh, that'll be held in, in March next year. And and obviously, um, Miss Esme, she'll be targeted. Just talking about her, what's what's the latest with her, mate? Yeah, she come on season, so we'll give her a bit of a break. So we've got to get her back in now and um, see if we can get her ready. All right. Hey, Jackie, I'd love to get you on next year for an extended chat, mate. Talk about your career in the game as well, because it has been one that's that's had plenty of, plenty of highs, mate. Yeah, no, we've, we've been lucky, mate. Certainly. All right. So that'll be great. Mate, fly the flag well for New South Wales on Saturday week, mate. Uh, I could imagine the celebrations that will take place at the Forbes Inn. Uh, and good luck, mate. You're racing for 750. It's, a, again, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah, no, thanks, Duke, and thanks for the people that voted in. Jack Smith there with Jungle Juice. He'll fly the flag for Greyhound Racing New South Wales in the Phoenix slot. And Battler, um, Jack, look, Jack's own admission is that he might be tight with a dollar, right? That's Jack. That's They were Jack's words earlier today. And like I said, he, he's probably planning someone to ring the pub to have them evacuated. <laughs> Right, so we don't have to buy three or four drinks for, for some of the locals that can't get out of their chairs.
<laughs> no, he'll be right. It'll be a, it'll be a uh, it'll be a big party if Jungle Juice does get the money. Uh, look, I, he, he is he's uh, box reliant to enhance his chances. We know that, but gee, if he comes up with one, two, or even three, oh, he's in the race right up to his ears. I think the last time I looked, you. I think it was $17 or $21, maybe around the trap. So I think if you backed him, you are relying on him drawing an alley because I think he'd find it pretty tough in a race of that nature, drawing five through to eight to get across because he hasn't got that blinding early burn yeah. when he's up in group one company. Or I don't know if it's on a group one race, but you know what I mean. It's up in elite company. But Gee, if he drew, draws an inside alley, he's got a he's got a tremendous chance, and uh, we know he'll be he'll be cherry ripe come race time. Jack will have timed his preparation for the minute, no doubt about that. Yeah. All right. Time now for what's hot and what's not. Proudly brought to you by our great sponsor Ivory Coat. If you're looking for uh, food and kibble for your racing greyhound or your companion animal, check out the great range from Ivory Coat. Hey, Batlar, what is sizzling for you this week, buddy? Well, my old mate, Glenn Goodwin, and his wife, Robin, uh, they are having an amazing trot at the moment. Uh, just going through uh, recent wins, they've had eight winners in their last 10 starters. <laughs> there wouldn't be too many uh, trainers in the country with a better strike rate right at this very point in time. Uh, up the straight there at Richmond on uh, Saturday. Radiation, who's been a great money spitter for the team, is a 15-time winner. One yet again up the straight there, running 1760, beating Hardaway Ranger. But yeah, it's uh, Robin and Glenn. They're based down at uh, near Dapto. Uh, they're having, they've been having a really good run over the past probably three or four months, but in particular, last, the last probably two to three weeks. Uh, as I said, eight winners from their last 10 starters. So shout out to Glenn and Robin Goodwin, who are doing a tremendous job with their greyhounds at the moment. All right. My, my greyhound that is hot this week is a greyhound by the name of Integrity Mate, trained by Robbie Andrews up here in the Northern Rivers. If you get a chance, well, actually, you are going to get a chance because Cat is about to drop the replay on right now. Have a look at this for a run, Battler, from box number four. Now, I know people will say, yeah, yeah, but they walked. They ran 23.89. That's not my point. My point is for dogs to be able to pick themselves up and go again and then pick themselves up and go again, uh, it, I, this was an amazing win. I, and as I said, I know they ran no time whatsoever, but just the style that the way Integrity Mate did it, it was just amazing. He's by Kibo out of uh, Let's Win Misha. Let's Win Misha, uh, raced by Bradley Barnes, uh, who's bred a litter. And again, uh, litter brother to Thirsty Collie, who's a handy dog. Yes. Yeah. Well, I made Thirsty Collie uh, the dog to follow uh, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, that litter has uh, certainly thrown a few with uh, with ability. And yeah, what a phenomenal win that was. But yeah, yeah forget about the times, Duke. It's, it's what Greyhound, the manner of which they win races. And that was outstanding after finding plenty of trouble, that's for sure. And yeah, no doubt many more wins in store. Yeah, he's only had uh, half a dozen starts now for a couple of wins. So, integrity, mate, my what's hot dog of the week. All right, Battler? We've been going all right on the punt as far as well on the tip is concerned. I don't know about the punt, but, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, That's another yeah. story. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Have you got a winner for us this week again? She's a pearl, did the right thing last Saturday night. Oh, yeah, dollar eighty five, dollar ninety. Yeah. I'm not going to get a watch for that. I'm yeah, not that's happy true. to cop a dollar eighty at the moment. 
Yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah, she she's absolutely airborne, isn't she? She's a pill. But my dog to follow this week, Duke. I'm he- Duke. I'm heading to Nara on Monday, and a newcomer by the name of Fantastic Luna for Jason Fletcher by Barsha Bale at a fantastic flossy. So homebred greyhound, um, straight to the top and really let rip over the final stages. I love the way uh, she attacked the line. She really knuckled down and that was the best part of her race. She ran 20 and 61 overall, which is a quick time around Nara. But I've got no doubt when she does get up to the, you know, a little longer, the 500 metres or or even a little longer if it's stretched out to 600 metres because her, her mum did race over the middle journey in her career. But I think she's one to really keep an eye on. Uh, we know what Jason Fletcher's like with a dog. He has had some uh, outstanding chases throughout his career. And I think she's a greyhound who could certainly go through the grades. Fantastic Luna. All right. I'm sure you probably saw this greyhound win last week at the gardens. Uh, a greyhound by the name of You Know Tree, prepared by Lisa Lamb. Obviously, the track was fast. Kulberbski smashed that track record. You Know Tree went 5.09 early. And Battler, as you and I both know, 5.09 is is only steady. Yeah, I'd nearly run that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, no, no, not in the shape I'm in at the moment. Yeah. I would have, in my heyday of playing A grade for Asworth back in 1981, I would have done. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, I, I can show you. Got anybody, can, anybody can back you up with that? Yeah, I'm going to bring the footage out. I'll get that to put the footage <laughs> up. Anyway, 5.09 early, which is, which is only average, right? Roared home in 11.94, you know, Tree, and clocks 29.27. And you know what? You're talking about old adages, you know, about the, the old timers saying, don't back a dog after it's broken a track record. Mm. How about the old adage of always back a dog after it's had a fall? Yeah, yeah. No, that a professional putter told me that um, yeah. years ago. Years ago. One of the first things I learned as a putter coming through was, uh, yeah, always back a greyhound after it had, or don't be, I should say, the comment was, don't be afraid to back a greyhound after it's had a fall. Well, she uh, took a tumble at Wenty yeah. the start prior and then came yeah. out one by 10, as we've just seen, but 29, 27. Seriously, yeah. that is a hot, hot run. Yeah, that 11.94 run home time, there wouldn't be too many greyhounds who have run Quicker than that coming home, Duke. That's that is literally off the charts. Eleven ninety four final section there in the garden. So, uh, yeah, and no doubt uh, Charlie and Lisa. I'll uh, have a bit of fun with that greyhound moving forward. And it's another who, well, no doubt, with a run home time like that, will definitely get over a little more ground uh, later in its career. Yeah, you know, Tree, my dog to follow. It's not in uh, this week that I can see so far, um, but is definitely one that's got a stack of ability. Hey, Battler. I will see you on Thursday night, all things being equal, because I just got a notification that my flight from Coffs Harbour to Sydney has been cancelled. So I might have to jump into the car and drive. But a big night coming up at DAPTO, buddy. Yeah, looking forward to it, Duke. Uh, it's uh, always a big night down there uh, at DAPTO. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good final. Look, there, there are, you know, other than Zipping Kyrgios and Santa Osiris, there aren't, you know, a heap of big name Group 1 greyhounds in the race, but, well, Lionel is a Group 1 winner. So, look, all in all, look, the heats were only light on after a few scratchings, but I think we've landed with a very, very good final and, yeah, promises to be a good race. As I said, I, I think it's it'll be interesting how the market or where the market lands, whether Zipping Kyrgios gets out in the market when we get closer to the race, but really looking forward to the big live coverage. We do it all again, eh? Who could forget last year's Megasar, mate? 
Flying Ricardo, Simon mm. Tolt Allen, just an absolute classic two dog war. And it was the making of Flying Ricardo. Mm. It was. And I'll tell you what, after the heat last year in that, uh, in the Dapto Megastar, after Flying Ricardo's heat, I think we all walked away and go, what happened there? He didn't put the time on the board at all. And I think Christy and Sam, they were shaking their head and said, oh, geez, what happened there? And he just, just wasn't right on song. But I'll tell you what, seven nights later, he put Simon Told Helen away. Uh, and he did it with ease when he ambled up on the outside. I still remember the race vividly because they, they, they came out together. They went stride for stride in the early stages, down the back. And then he put on the power. And he really, I think we saw that was a making of him. And, and I think that night we thought he is, well, well I always thought he was a real deal, but that really cemented at home when he did that to Simon Tolhill. And one of the quickest greyhounds we've seen in two decades, Duke, he, he was a machine himself. Yeah. Who knows? We may get a, another race like that on Thursday night, Battler. As I said, I'll see you then. Uh, it's going to be a big weekend of racing, Newcastle Cup as well, mate. I'll catch you at Dapto. Looking forward to it, Duke. Well, we, just, we might have to stay dry. The, the weather forecast doesn't look all that crash hot. Hopefully, they're right again. They've been wrong plenty of times. As long as they've got a nice little meat pie or a hot doggy for us, happy days. All right, buddy, I'll see you then. And thank you very much for your company on this week's edition of Behind the Boxes. Don't forget that live coverage. You can watch the live stream on thedogs.com.au this Thursday night. He was Timmy Newbold. I'm Mark Duclos. Catch you next week on Behind the Boxes. Thank you.